Hey, uh, friends, good morning. Thank you. God is great. God is good. Amen? Amen. The scripture passage this morning is Psalm chapter 8. Hear God's word. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babies and infants, you have established strength because of your foes to still the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? You have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field and the birds of the heavens and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. God's word for us today. I'd like to... uh, begin with a question and maybe a little raise of hands. Now this question is for everybody in the room, even kids, okay? During the school week or during the work week, how many of you, for the most part, eat the same lunch every day? Are there, is there anybody? Some of us? Okay, not many, but there's a few of us. We need to have a little group after the service. So, uh, Let me tell you, uh, every day, I eat peanut butter and jelly for lunch. Can can you believe that? My wife thinks it's nuts. So uh, let me tell you how this started. Uh, Elementary school. I still can't believe this was my life in elementary school. This this doesn't even happen anymore. Uh, When I went to school every day, every day, I would walk two and a half blocks to school. When it was lunchtime, I would walk home for lunch every day. After lunch, I'd walk back to school, and then the end of the school day, I'd walk back home again. If the weather was wet, we had things called raincoats and rain boots. If it was cold, snow pants weren't invented yet. Or maybe they were, we just didn't have them. We just had, you know, our big coats, in our boots, walk to school at lunchtime, trudge home. Now, when I got home for lunch every day, my, uh, my mommy would have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for me. And, now the reason why I'm going into all of this detail is, and every day before lunch, I would fold my hands, close my eyes, and every day I prayed the same prayer. God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for our food. Amen. I did this all through elementary school. Uh, Then in in middle school, I uh, stayed in the cafeteria, you know, in the middle school and then high school. And uh, so life went on. And as a young adult, I found myself, I gravitated back toward peanut butter and jelly for lunch. Although, to be honest, I left that childhood prayer behind. I would still pray a prayer of grace for lunch, but I left the childhood prayer behind. So college, then after college I went to seminary, and uh, you know, this is is big time, these professors, 
you know, oh, they're, they're so smart. And I remember I enrolled in a class entitled God, Man, and Christ, Dr. Kevin Van Hooser. And uh, uh, in this uh, theology class, it was a systematic theology class, he said, as we study God uh, in this class, I'm going to split the, this concept into two parts, the transcendence of God and the imminence of God. And I was like, oh, taking notes, taking notes. And uh, as I went through this class, it suddenly occurred to me the, the profoundness of my childhood prayer because here in this heady, systematic theology class, as we spoke about the transcendence of God and the imminence of God, I realized God is great. He rules over all. And the imminence, God is near that shows us the goodness of God. And it occurred to me, I need to live my life with this bedrock truth of my childhood prayer that God is great and that God is good. I'll refer back to Psalm 8, verses 3 and 4, but when I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and stars, which you have set in place, oh, great God, what is man? Who are we that you are mindful of him, the son of man, that you care for him? God is good. From Genesis 1 to Revelation 22, all throughout Scripture, we see this declaration of faith that God is great and that God is good. Now, I'd like us to uh, think about it a little bit more with fire hydrants. Do we have a picture of a fire hydrant? Good. Now, I like trees. Do, do any of you like fire hydrants? Probably not. It's not like, yeah, yeah, okay. So what, what happened in my town is a couple years ago, these guys came through and painted all the fire hydrants white. And this sent me into a little, uh, like, you know, mental, like, what's, whoa, 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 what is going on here? They, no, no, no. I'm like, what are, what are they doing? Is this a new thing across America? And uh, then I finally realized, oh, they cleaned them and have a coat of primer on them. Okay, so the, the white fire hydrants then became yellow again with different colored caps. So here we have the blue cap. Uh, that's green. And then the orange cap. I did not get a picture of the one with the red cap. Do you have fire hydrants in your town with different colored caps? Is this a thing where you... Okay. So uh, anyway, obviously I had to look this up. I'm like, you know, what's going on here? and uh, come to find out that the different color caps have to do with water pressure. So the blue caps have the highest GPMs, gallons per minute. Uh, so that's the, the, uh, the blue. And then the green is the next highest, and then orange, and then the red is the lowest uh, GPMs. So this just got me thinking about fire hydrants. And what does this have to do with the message, fire hydrants? Well, friends, there are a lot of things to know about a fire hydrant. You know, the type of metal, when it was made, how big the pipe is, where does the water even come from, and then how does the water even get to the fire hydrant? 
how is the, the complex pipe system work out as it just comes from somewhere and spreads throughout the city underground and, and apparently there it is at the fire hydrant. Now, when there is a fire and the fire truck arrives, at that moment, the firefighters only need to know two things about the fire hydrant. They don't need to know where the water comes from. They don't need to know the metal composition of the pipes or the fire hydrant. They don't need to know the schematics. They just need to know two things. Where is the fire hydrant? This is the yellow, right? Ah, we see it. Where is the fire hydrant? And what is the pressure of the water coming out? Because they need to regulate the water out of the hose, and so they need to adjust things on the fire truck so that the pressure is right coming out of the hose. So when there is a crisis, when there is a fire, they need to know only two things. Where is the fire hydrant, and what is the pressure of the water coming out of the fire hydrant? They don't even need to know why the fire started, specifically where it started, all of the questions about the fire. They just, they just need to know at the moment the two most important things with that fire hydrant. And it got me thinking about you and I when we enter times of crisis or trouble or trial in our lives. And what do we as humans naturally do? We are filled with questions. Why did this happen? Why me? Why now? Why not them? Why us? Why? Why? And do you know how we often respond when we deal with difficulties in our life? I came up with a little poem with how we respond. Okay? Typically, it's one of three ways. We get frustrated and mad. Or we get depressed and sad. Or is God even there? Does he really care? And friends, the beauty of God's word is that he speaks into our lives. He speaks into his people's lives, regardless of what go was going on. And he says, take heart, my children, for I am great and I am good. And at this moment in your life, that is the most important thing for you to know. Are there answers to all of your questions? Sure. And maybe you'll find out some of the answers. Maybe you will never know and your answers are not, are, are not answered to your liking. But the most important thing is that God is great and that God is good. And he speaks these words of truth and blessing into your life. As we look at Psalm chapter, or Psalm 8, uh, once again, and let's put those uh, words on the screen, uh, Psalm 8, 3 and 4. When I look at 
your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and stars which you have set in place? What is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you, that you care for him? Uh, the fact that God is great and God is good. We know God is great by observation. We look at the sky. We look at the heavens. We look at the, even we can look now at the solar system and the Milky Way galaxy and, and peer into the universe. So vast, so amazing. And to think that this is not big for God because he's the creator. God is great. What is man that you are mindful of him? This great God, what is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you care for him? We observe something that goes on within our hearts. A spiritual stirring. I believe it's in all of us as humans. And through God's word, as we understand God's word, we understand that God is speaking into us, that God is not only great, but that this great God is also good. And what does that, what does that goodness do? That greatness and goodness combined, what does it do? It does this, that in difficulty, in difficulty, no matter what it is, because God is great and God is good, we can be brought to a place of, of peace, of settledness, of, of contentment in life. When we let go of control, when we let go of all of the questions that can weigh us down, we say, Lord, we are yours. We are yours. We surrender to you. And you are great and good. Please, O oh God, your peace and contentment. What does God's goodness and greatness also do for us? It gives us purpose through the pain. Think about this. Whenever we encounter struggle, that struggle changes us. We have no choice. It just does. The question is, how is it going to change us? When we suffer, that changes us. It just does. One way or another. And because God is great and God is good, because God is sovereign, he is supreme and in control, what can this God do? This good God can use the difficulty to accomplish his purposes, his purposes in your life and through your life to bless other people. I have seen this in my own life. There are some of you that can give testimony to this fact that the trial changes us in a way that we would never have been changed without it. And we live in a world not of fatalism, not just of blind chance and luck, but it is a God of purpose and God wants to use his people to advance his cause and his kingdom. Now, God uses us through the difficulty. And part of the blessing in that is that our difficulty, the Apostle Paul says, our difficulty is only for a moment in light of eternity. And so a great and good God 
As was stated in our congregational prayer this morning, there is a looking forward with great hope that one day this great and good God will restore all, will make all whole and beautiful and perfect. And before we are there, this great God uses us in this sin-scarred world to shape and mold our own hearts and to bless others for his kingdom purposes. Now one of the, cons- one of the results of God is great and God is good is uh, I have Psalm 63 verse 1. Uh, Psalm 63, uh, one of my favorite psalms. O God, you are my God, earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you, my flesh faints for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. In this psalm, David is going through a very difficult time. He is being hunted down by King Saul. And he comes to a place not only of of being scared for his life, but physically. He, He is thirsty and hungry. And what does he do? Oh God, oh great God, you are my, you are my God. You are a God of relationship, and so I seek you. I seek you, O Lord. In God's goodness, God is personal, and we can seek him. For some of you here this morning, you know this, you believe this, and yet this life, and yet this past week, your life has gone a bit off track. You've been a bit distracted by what's been going on in your life this week. And uh, this morning, here, this morning online, we're taking a moment to be quiet, to reflect truths about God's word. And perhaps today, God is calling you to do a little reset. That's what this, this moment is for, to consider God's greatness and goodness and to think, God is calling me to seek his face with greater earnestness in the week ahead. This is what God is calling me to do. And now the the culmination of the great story. The culmination of God is great and God is good. We find this in the Lord Jesus Christ. God has not left us alone on this earth merely to struggle through, to, yes, to see his greatness and, and, and goodness, but God has revealed his greatness and goodness in human history through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why did Jesus come in history, the actual person of Jesus Christ? Why did he come? He came to restore a relationship with God so that we could be at peace with God, so we could enjoy God's presence once more. And how does that relationship get restored? It gets restored through Jesus taking our sin upon himself. Talk about goodness. Talk about amazing grace and overflowing love. God is good. And why did Jesus sacrifice applied to the sins of the world. It applied because God is great. Because Jesus Christ is God. Because he is God, his sacrifice could defeat not just a sin and a death, but the power 
of sin and death so that as we trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, we truly experience the greatness of goodness in our lives personally and as Christian community. And maybe there is a person here today or online hearing this message, and this is the message for you to trust, to let go of control of your life, and to trust in the goodness and the greatness of God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Trust in Jesus' sacrifice, Jesus' rescue of your sins so that you can have a restored relationship with your Creator. Let's look at uh, Philippians chapter 2. And being found in human form, this is our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the goodness of God. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has exalted him the greatness of God. Therefore God has exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. And the passage goes on, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. This is not just some theological idea for us to, to accept. This is real life. The Lord Jesus Christ came as a human. He died on the cross in his goodness and in his greatness. He defeated the power of sin and death and resurrected and now is seated at the right hand of God. He has ascended into heaven so that one day every knee will bow, every tongue confess in the greatness of our risen Lord Jesus Christ. My friends, question today is how real is the goodness of God and the greatness of God upon your heart? You know, this morning, God added the final illustration to my message without me looking for it. So on, uh, on a Sunday morning, if I don't preach, I go for a three and a half mile walk along the creek. It's just a there and back to my house. On a Sunday morning, if I do preach, I just do two miles. So this morning, two miles. Well, at the park near my house, there's a little loop that I do three times around the pond and back to my house is two miles. And I just spend this time uh, praying and looking at the beautiful autumn leaves. And uh, it's just a, it's a wonderful time. So as I'm walking at the park today, um, instead of doing my little two-mile loop at the park, I thought, you know what? I'm just going to walk along the creek. I just won't do the three and a half miles. I just won't go as far. So I'm walking along the creek there, and uh, I see a man approach me. And uh, this man, I know that he attends uh, Faith Church, which is across the street from Timothy Christian, where I teach. I've seen him on occasion uh, on this trail, but uh, not all the time. And as I approached him, uh, there was a weight that he was carrying this morning. And uh, so he said, can you talk for a moment? I said, well, sure. He said, my granddaughter was, was just born. Uh, she's at uh, Central DuPage Hospital. Um, 
10 weeks early, uh, profound issues, medical issues. Uh, it's touch and go. The doctors told my son and his wife, uh, we, don't, we, we don't know. Uh, there's some good news, there's bad news, back and forth. And he shared this with me. And uh, I said to him, let's pray. And there, shall I say, in the cathedral of God's creation, we just took a moment and we prayed. And I began the prayer this way. I think I did because I was praying and thinking about this message. I began the prayer. We give thanks to you, O Lord, for you are good and your love endures forever. And then I went on to pray for baby Louisa. And I will tell you, it was a holy moment as two people of faith acknowledged the great difficulty, didn't discount the sadness all, at all, but embraced the sadness. And yet, by faith, we declared God is great and God is good. And after the amen, he said to me, I was praying that I would meet you on this walk this morning. We gave a hug and we went on our way. And so, friends, where you're at in life today, where is God calling you to, to be honest with what's going on? And how is God calling you to let go of the questions? Let go of your desire to control and just humbly say, Lord, you are great and you are good and I will trust in you. Let's pray. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, in your omniscience, you know each one of us. You know the contours of our lives, our triumphs and our tragedies, our weakness, our sadness. And we pray, O oh God, in faith, in whatever is going on in our lives today, we pray. We give thanks to you, O God, for you are good and your love endures forever. May your, your greatness and your goodness be manifest in our lives. And it is in the gracious, the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen and amen.